Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Proof Beyond Reason. This Proof. is your boy, Geology, coming at you. Mike the Baptist. Jamo. So what's good, fellas? It's been a minute. It has. Yeah. It has. Uh, sister-in-law graduated college. Ooh, a lot of graduations, yeah. actually. Graduation season. Um, just feeling old. Just feeling... Yeah. Feeling I remember when these way. kids were kids and all of a sudden I'm seeing all these people now that I used to like be their manager to and all this stuff being like in their graduation. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out of the week. We haven't done shout outs in a while because I I guess no one's worthy of a shout out every week. Uh, <laughs> but this week, uh, I want to give a quick shout out to Daniel Gonzalez, um, also known as DG. He's putting out his first album. Uh, coming up very soon uh, and if you can search him um, Daniel Gonzalez he's on Facebook I don't have any other information I know he has a YouTube page DG um, but he's got a single out and he's got some other music coming out um, so you can look him up on Facebook uh, and he's got some some uh, some tracks that you can listen to so in our on our website will or on our Facebook we'll push him we'll promote him mm-hmm. Uh, put his stuff up, but really solid dude. Uh, I've known him for a long time, and um, and uh, and and he's living out of Nashville, I believe. So he used to live out here. Uh, he actually went to school with us, went to high school with us, and so um, so yeah. So just shout out to Daniel Gonzalez. I hope uh, things go well with your album, brother. All right. So uh, today we're talking about temptations. Temptation. Ooh, uh, we all have endured temptations of some sort. I actually want to start it out with a Bible verse, James 1, 13 through uh, 17. says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Mm. Nice. Mm. Consistency. It's funny how it's uh, going towards, like, um, like it starts off with the temptation. Like, the temptation is not the bad part, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because everybody gets tempted by their own desires. But if the temptation continues, then it leads towards nope. sin. It's kind of... It's the response to temptation. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. Um, so I actually have a, I want to read something real quick because it's based on kind of like the response. This is actually not from the Bible. The polar opposite. It's from Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> How stuff works. No, no, no. Uh, this is from Psychology Today. Okay. You know, so, yeah. Okay. okay, good. Better website. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it basically was talking about, you know, temptation. And then it was saying, uh, I'm just going to read like a little paragraph says recent research suggests the answer has when it when i say when it says has it's talking about you know temptation mm-hmm. recent recent research suggests the answer has to do a lot with cognitive control the default state is to act on impulse overriding this requires mental effort and the more attractive alternatives you may have the harder it is to control your impulses. Mm. So here, psychology today is basically saying um, research suggests that the answer has to do with cognitive control. So basically the the ability to control your impulses. Mm -hmm. But then it says the default state is to act on those impulse. 
psychology today is basically saying uh it is your impulse to to matter of fact it requires an extreme amount of effort not to act on those impulses mm. which is i mean if you think about the fall of man like you know we mm-hmm. gravitate more towards what we consider sin right mm-hmm. or we gravitate more more towards that so they're in line with that same premise but they you know it goes on and it kind of describes like you know kind of like uh is it like a bad thing you know what i mean so mm. for them it's kind of like they use it to um like their research is is kind of in line with what we are talking about like um that it is you know uh we're living in a fallen nature but then it's kind of like they're they're using other ways to i don't know how to say this um I guess explain away or yeah, justify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not kind of like to explain away, yeah. but more to kind of. There's like one word I'm trying to figure out, but, but I guess you could say to explain their yeah. way out of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right, right. Because it wouldn't be called sin in, in that regard. And I think, um, I think in there were there was a, a quote by by um, someone who was like the head of psychology in Harvard, and I and I don't recall off the top of my head. But he said the biggest mistake that we've made from psychology standpoint is to eliminate the term sin mm-hmm. because there is a there is a, a, a reality of of what you know of 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 that presence. You know, we, we call we diagnose and we say illnesses and so forth. But uh, even though some of that is true, the root of sin has been eradicated from the humanistic standpoint. And that was a mistake. And. And I don't recall exactly who it was, but I think he was either Harvard or Yale um, professor or dean of psychology. And um, and he was quoted in saying that. But um, but yeah, I mean, that that's that our so I I think if you start at the fall of man. So if you start Adam and Eve, Mm -hmm. they were given complete free will Mm -hmm. to make a choice. Um, So. So they were, they, you know, if you're going to present one and you're really going to call it free will, you have to really present, here's all the options. Here's everything that you have. Um, and they were tempted away into wanting to go in a certain direction. Hence, they acted on that temptation and the fall of man uh, then ensued. But how I view it um, from a theological standpoint, holding to a more reformed viewpoint even though i feel like i don't i don't like to play you know that back and forth that that card of you know calvinism versus arminianism like i don't really like to play that um but strictly looking at scripture and how how i view it communicating to me how paul communicated theology um and and how i see my own life after the fall this notion that we have a complete free will um i feel like it 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 no longer we no longer have that totality of freedom that adam and eve w- once had simply by the fact that we are in a fallen state so now our natural inclination is to rebel not just in general but to rebel against god himself to make it clear you still have 
you still have choices to make, but when it correct. comes to um, the ultimate sin, like correct. you don't have a choice but not to sin. Correct, correct, yes, yes. So I can choose water or or milk. I can choose uh, pizza or everything else unhealthy. Um, but uh, but as far as living a lifestyle of sinlessness or to to say that um, you know I desire a relationship with God. And I can live a, a, a perfect life. I, it's a false. Because our, our natural inclination now is to lean toward rebellion against God and to embrace sin. It's crazy because there's some religions that actually believe that they are a good person. That there, there is not really like a fall of man. But here you have psychology today stating that uh, when it comes to like the topic of temptation... Is that it is our natural impulse right. to gravitate toward yeah. those things. So it kind of even goes against yeah. some frames of thought, you know? And and love that you said that. See, we didn't even talk before before we uh, we started recording here um, because I have uh, the L, L, LDS um, website, the Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. Mormonism. Uh, and it says, it gives an overview of temptation. It says temptation, and, and by the way, uh, LDS... Latter-day Saints, Mormonism, not biblical Christianity. I just want to put that as a preference, and I'll say it again right after I read this. Um, but temptation is a test of a person's ability to choose good instead of evil. That right there is, of course, we're going to choose non-good. You know what I'm saying? Like, in some instances, we might decide not to, you know, as people will say, well, I'm not going to kill the guy, Right. But it doesn't mean that evil doesn't uh, arise in that circumstance or that, um, you know, that that we wouldn't be inclined to hurt them physically or or their family and so on and so forth. But uh, it's a it's a test of a person's ability to choose. Uh, It is an enticement to sin and follow Satan instead of God. Again, after the fall of man, if we are in our true state of um, of the fall and we don't have the uh, spirit living within us, then, yeah, we're always going to choose Satan over mm-hmm. God. Like, that is just a reality. We are, we are rebellious against God. We, we haven't just broken a law. Like, we hate God. Like, that's the reality. Um, modern, uh, it says here, um, part of the experience of this life is to learn to overcome temptation and choose right over wrong. Let me say that again. Part of the experience of this life is to learn to overcome temptation and choose right over wrong. Okay. Modern revelation indicates that Satan does not have the power to tempt little children until they become accountable for their actions. I don't know. I see, I've, I've, seen some bad, I've seen some bad kids. You know what I mean? I don't know about you. But. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah. the, and that's just a small, and it goes on and on and on. It quotes, like, you know, their scriptures, Alma, and, and, and it quotes uh, um, uh, a whole bunch of stuff here. Hellman, Nephi, whatever. You know what I'm saying? They're quoting a bunch mm-hmm. of different things. But the, the falsehood in the theology itself says that part of the experience of this life is to learn to overcome temptation and choose right or wrong. And I think in, 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 in some aspects, yeah. yeah, but that isn't the focus of life. Like my focus of life is not to focus on, right. on 
my good works versus my mm-hmm. bad works and to be able to say yes in a self-righteous manner i have overcome my temptations and hence i have no feeling and all this stuff the the main objective is to grow my relationship with jesus mm-hmm. and in my relationship with jesus my desire for uh uh executing on the things that are tempting me are ceasing more and more not necessarily going to be completely eradicated but that my response to such temptation is that the temptation is present but it's so small in comparison to my desire for god Mm -hmm. so my desire to fulfill that which will pull me away from god and his will is is a lot smaller than my desire to be in line with God and his will. So there's a difference. One is a focus on my behaviors and my actions in order to live a justified, self-righteous life. The other is to build my relationship with God himself. And in my relationship with God, he causes me, says in uh, Ezekiel, you know, I will put in you a new heart. And then we read that first mm-hmm. not too long ago. Um, I will cause you to obey my commands, right? But it's not me trying to fulfill the law because in in Galatians and Romans, uh, over and over again, it talks about that our about our inability to obey the letter of the law, including fall uh, uh, falling into the temptation. The reality is, we are incapable of doing that. Our 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 we need to be aware of it, right? We need to be aware and, and grow in our faith and our understanding of who we are and, and how to run from temptation, all that stuff, which we'll talk about. But it's when we grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus, are we even able to come to this understanding that temptation is near? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I think uh, kind of like what you were saying earlier, um, I always wondered this. Um, why does bad food taste so good? You know what I mean? In in life, food that is bad for you. Yeah, you mean? food. No, yeah, like food that's high saturated fat, um, two thousand calories a meal. Like you just go to Chili's. Why does Chili's taste good? Yo, Chili's is disgusting. <laughs> you gave Chili's. the wrong example, brother. <laughs> all right, all right. Texas, Brazil. Texas, Brazil. Uh, I've never been there, so I don't I, know. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> No, but the reality is, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. why does, like, this juicy steak mm. taste so good compared to, or this slice of pizza, New York-style, Brooklyn-style. Oh, now you're talking. Now <laughs> yeah, you're talking. Now you're Brooklyn. <laughs> crispy, folded, oh. boom. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about, like, uh, <laughs> Florida pizza. I'm talking yeah. about. Where they have the little Ooh, table straight, in the middle. The crispy, crispy. You know when Yo, it has that crunch? Crispy, you fold it, and it's a yeah. perfect fold, and oh. it's just dripping. Because oh, it comes Jeez. like that brick oven. Oh, man. All right. Ah. No, no. How come that is like so fattening and so bad for you? And if you eat like a fistful of candy, <laughs> it tastes good at the moment, but then yeah. you get a stomachache. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like life is set up in such a way that we're always battling temptation. Yep. Uh, we always have to choose. So in the element, um, I do agree with that. The, what you read about the, the uh, was the Latter Day Saint yeah. thing. But then I also agree with you is that you know. God is, the, you know, there's other reasons, like, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, yeah, and I think um, it's it's not to negate our our um, 
understanding, awareness, and response to temptation. Mm-hmm. It's never to negate that. In fact, um, you know, flee from, 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 Bible talks about fleeing from, from, from temptation. Bible talks about, um, uh, you know, um, not being deceived, right? Because we're easily deceived, renew your heart, and so forth. So there is the understanding that in this life, in where I'm living and, and my response to the things that entice me away from God, are things that I now need, need to be aware of, but man, I have to test these things. Like I have to, mm-hmm. I have to, uh, have to come to an understanding so that I know how to respond to these things. Absolutely. But that fa- fails in comparison to my relationship with Jesus and Him informing me and making me aware mm-hmm. of. So it's like a, it's like a different focus. I think awareness is not the only thing. Like it's always good to be aware. Um, but there's times where I'll like for my personal life, I'll be like, man, like, like I've gained weight since I've got married. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat a little more healthier. I'm going to fast today. And I come with the, the good intention of doing those things. But then I'm like lunchtime hits and I'm, and everybody of my co all, every one of my coworkers is like, Hey, we're going to have pizza today. I'll be like, man, uh, I was supposed to fast today, but man you know that pizza's looking good and it's free yeah yeah and it's free so i think good intentions and and things like that still like not i'm not saying that it's a bad thing but it's still like there's an element that the temptation is is to overcome it still requires an extreme amount of uh willpower you know what i mean and i think as you follow as you like as you continue like as you work out continually, it becomes easier to work out. But the moment that you haven't gone for two months, for whatever reason, it's really hard to mm-hmm. go back. You mm-hmm. know, so I mean, I think a, a lifestyle or continual thing mm-hmm. helps. As it's well. like what we talked about before with uh, what Paul Washer said, the honeymoon phase. You have such an intense desire, so you're so focused in God at that moment, and then He starts retreating or something like that, and then you feel like you're not as much into the word or life gets busy you get tempted to uh continuously focus on like school work and then you start drifting away from god Mm -hmm. but yet you have to have that desire because ultimately temptation is the desire to have what you don't like have so you'll see these things like we talked about in the past episodes where brainwashing things like that where you have people bombarding you with you can have cars you can have girls you can have all this stuff and yet you're seeing that life or what people are telling you is life shouldn't be made paradise on earth instead of trying to be having a relationship with God. So even in church, you'll have this positive mentality where it's saying like you can do this or invest in that and you'll be see good. You'll be seen as good in the eyes of God when yet you're just trying to have a genuine relationship with God. He doesn't like desire you to do X amount of things, but yet because you're so in love with him because of the relationship with god he starts changing your heart continuously and i think that's the starting point you know that's that's um in order for me to respond this is what needs to occur is is my relationship with god so that i can respond when it comes to temptation so that i can respond um you know when when i'm faced with the choice of do i sin do i not sin um and and there, you know, I think in, in my life, anytime that I've made that the primary objective, 
um, I've become very self-righteous. And, and, um, and it's easy for me to look down on other people, right? So those that need the gospel, we all need the gospel, right? But uh, those who are not in the faith, it becomes difficult for me to show grace and share and relate in their struggle or in their situation because suddenly I've become a self-righteous fool who is, you know, looking down on people that, you know, l- listen to music differently than I do or, or and I did that for a long time. I did that for a very long time. And, um, and, and that should never be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if, if, I, if I've been given the grace and the, sh- the strength and the presence of God to be able to respond to temptation uh, of any kind in a, in a manner that is glorifying to God, then my response to even that should be worship uh, to him, right? Um, because he's given me the ability to not respond in a way that, you know, like when we talk about the gospel, the the whole thing about the gospel uh, that many people focus on is the eternal peace. Mm-hmm. We're saved from hell. We're saved from our eternal consequence. But, I mean, God also saves us from ourselves yep. when we are saved. He saves me from me. He saves me from, from, he saves me from myself. If, if our natural tendency is to gravitate towards sin, right, is then it would have to take an act of God, like it would have to be God's that kind of brings us in. And so when we develop that relationship with God, it's kind of like, we're not we still may fall in particular sin or we still may be struggling but god's grace is over us in that moment Mm -hmm. now as you grow up in the faith you realize man i don't want to do those things anymore not because i don't have a desire for it because Mm -hmm. that temptation wouldn't be a temptation if i didn't have a desire for Mm -hmm. it but now i don't do it because of the consequences and the consequences might not be with you know like not just me losing my wife or something like that right um the consequences is me losing my relationship with God mm. or that connection with God. And I started thinking about this the other day. Um, I was just, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I was like, man, God, like, how would I feel if, you know, my wife was unfaithful to me? And I, I promise you, I would probably act in violence or <laughs> I would, you know, uh, I wouldn't like it at all. And then I started thinking about it and I feel like God spoke to me at that moment was like, you've been unfaithful to me, like in so many things. Mm. It's like, whoa, like this intimate moment with God. But then I started to think about that. It really changed my, my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, like how many times have I been unfaithful in, in just my prayer life? Mm-hmm. How many times have I been unfaithful or I have allowed other temptations, temptations to maybe watch TV more than you got or, or set up an idol um, in my life, you know? So we're always confronted with temptation. Like in a, in a, in a like pizza, uh, pizza's always going to be there, you know? But I do have to choose broccoli one, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Because of my health. So, it's true. like, I'm not all the time, I'm not going to want to wake up and, and do a fasting and praying. And, right. and that's to be real. But I have to 
exercise that. You know what I right. mean? Right. I have exercise, create habits. Habits. We always want the reward right away. Uh, Israel, when they were going through the whole desert, and then they even said that they wanted to go back to their old ways, and yet you have God's plan. So we come to the present and we see all these things like uh, you can be with God in heaven, and yet we're seeing that, hey, why not here on earth? Why not have it all special? Why not? Mm. Why don't I achieve that certain level? Or we can always say we're going to make a fitness plan, and yet temptation always hits us. It's like, oh, that summer body is no longer what we tempted or no longer what we desired. It's all about the pizza, mm-hmm. brook oven pizza. Yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> you know, I think uh, banging. Anyway, uh, that, but that's the thing. Like, I think the we're not always aware of what is what is the temptation mm-hmm. right some sometimes we we're we can go seasons in blindness that what i'm doing is not wrong yeah. and then in a moment's notice we realize whether that's because we're confronted with um a medical fallacy and now we have to respond to eating broccoli over pizza right so now we understand that I was indulging in something that was not good for me. Mm-hmm. And now that I have to do the opposite, now it has become a temptation for me. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So as before, it wasn't even a thing. I didn't even think about it. Like I, There was nothing in my mind that, that even was relatively bad about what I was doing. Then suddenly the consequences came. Now I realize it's bad. Now suddenly it's, it's bad. Whereas in 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 other things, when it relates to morality, yeah. when it ta- when you're talking about adultery and you're talking about um, sexual promiscuity, when you're talking about uh, hatred and and stealing and lying and and covetousness and um, and and killing uh, and just an, an array of of different. Scripture has to outline that for you. Mm-hmm. You have to be clear from what God has revealed. And once you look in the mirror of Scripture, then those things become conviction. Yeah, there's, there's a, I had a, um, a friend one time. It was like, hey, I'm, I'm in this particular sin. Um, and I, I confronted him. I was like, hey, man, like, what's going on? And he was like, oh, I just don't feel, it was actually a family member, um, I just don't feel like um, I got God has given me peace. I don't feel that that is a sin. And I was like, oh, okay, no, you're tripping because clearly the Bible is clear in that particular matter. Um, so there's an element that sometimes we might not feel like mm. we have sinned, mm-hmm. you know, but there's always has to be a standard. And like you, you read off a couple of uh you know some of the ten commandments right there there's always going to be a standard you know the killing the things like that because if we go based on our emotions then it would no longer be temptation we would just act in that primal um primal state and yeah honestly we we spoke in our previous messages of you know brainwashing all these things but you know the main the main thing that that uh new age system and and things of the people that of like the world that want to you know brainwashes and stuff want us to operate in that that primal state they want us there's, there's a reason why pornography is free mm-hmm. there's a reason why the the worst music is the one that gets played airtime 
even though we don't necessarily want those things. We want the good classical. How come, you know, um, was that the Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Why does it cost $150? But you go to another concert, it's maybe $45. Yet, you know what I mean? I, I think of things like that. I'm like, what? we desire the, the greater things, but that's not ultimately what is given mm. to us, mm. you know? So we're living in a system, a new age system that is geared to keep us at that primary state. Um, and then temptations is just overflowing. You can just turn on the television and you have um, a cheeseburger commercial with a, a, a girl in a bikini eating a sandwich or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So the marketing, everything is geared for us and us as believers is even more difficult than ever before. Like we have to there has to be something and you were alluding to that there has to be something that is not only our standard but our source like for my like i gave the example previously you know i want to work out but I'm, I'm finding my the motive we call it motivation right uh but without i started to think about on the on the right here without you god like i'm talking to god like without god i am am unable to have those desires, to have the willpower. So there has to be a source where I'm, I'm in, in God because apart from God, I'm like left to the wolves. Exactly. The one thing I do want to clarify, though, is uh, for those listening, just because you are tempted or dealing with temptation does not mean you are in sin. Yeah, it's when you actually fall into the temptation that you are sinning, just to make that clear to everyone. Yeah, um, Matthew 4, 1 through 11, it says Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Um, and I don't know what version this is, but uh, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Wow, that stinks, right? He went on his own volition. So. You know, <laughs> after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell those tell these stones to become bread jesus answered it is written man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes out of the mouth of god then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple if you are the son of god he said throw yourself down for it is written he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world with all their splendor. All this, will, all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only then the devil left him and angels cared came and attended him so in this instance to g's point um jesus was tempted but without sin he the presentation of that looks enticing because i am hungry mm -hmm. i'm hungry that's the reality i'm hungry but i'm fasting i've dedicated this moment this time to god and now something wants to take me away from God. That is the temptation. So my response is either I respond based on the word of God. So I'm, I'm doing it for this purpose. You know what? Nope, I'm good. I'm not doing it. Or, you know what, God? 
I know I devoted this time to you. I know I gave this time to you, but this is more important to me. My stomach is more important uh, for this moment, even though I've only been fasting for three hours, right? Um, so I'm going to, in Jesus' case, though, 40 days, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. anything would have looked enticing, right? If he was also fasting water, any, any form of liquid would have been enticing. Hey, man, you want some? You want some? Yeah, of course it's going to be enticing. Right. So it's not so much the fact that it looks enticing, you know, that 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 female looks enticing the uh, the that speaker system that I shouldn't buy. It looks very enticing. Um, The and on and on and on and on. Like the things look enticing. And, you know, I mean, I want to I want to carry out. But is it in the best interest? Is it Mm -hmm. going to be profitable? Mm -hmm. Is that investment going to give me a good return? And to what am I investing? And, and I think that's where, when we talk of temptation, it, some things aren't, aren't at its core evil, but the temptation part comes, am I choosing this over what God has already said, mm-hmm. right? So um, buying that speaker system, at its core, it's not evil. It is not a bad thing, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. And that was my temptation. That was my weakness. That was my flaw. And now as a result of that, um, that's going to be a building block potentially for something else down the line. I like how you said building block because the way I picture it, I've heard this from someone, is like every time you uh, sin, it's kind of like a scale, right? Mm. And then you have pebbles on both sides of the scale. But the, the moment that you choose to follow the voice of God, it's like you put a pebble on god's side right and then the moment that you god speaks to you say hey you know what don't go to that party or whatever you know and you disobey you can still go maybe you know god forgives god does stuff right you can still live your life but it's taking a pebble and the more that you continue to take pebbles from one side or put on one side is what you're it's like the balance of your life is kind of like off tilt and that's where the self-control the fruit of the spirit, self-control, that's where it starts to be difficult because you've given in to several indulgences. You've given in to several temptations. Again, those temptations at their core might not be bad. The bread, let's say, you know, like, and I'm not talking about the, the example of Jesus, but like bread, I'm hungry, there's bread. Yeah. I chose to give this moment to God or I chose not to eat this food. But you know what? I'm going to indulge in that temptation. Mm -hmm. And as we continue to indulge and indulge and indulge and indulge, there will come a time, potentially, where there will now be a choice to sin against God, sin against my family, sin against myself. And then I don't have the willpower. I don't have the the self-control to say no. And it's never really all at once right no it's never always one pebble. rarely because it's one pebble at a time a little though, bit at a time right one pebble at a time it's not like i take a fistful of pebbles <laughs> you know it's like oh you know what i'm not gonna go to church today it's raining <sighs> right it's raining the other day actually this sunday um jesse my wife uh she was like let's go to church i was like yeah man we're gonna go to church you know what happened it started raining and i was like you know what? i don't want to go to church she's like i'm gonna go to church you can stay here. And I was like, no, you know what? I, I'm never going to. That's my one my weakness, I guess you could say. I will never, like, let her be by herself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, nah, I'm going with you. Like, I drive. Let's go. 
and I'm glad I went. But but you can see how the temptation is for comfort, right? Yes. The temptation is for for you know what, God, like I'll pray tomorrow. That's a pebble gone, you know. That's so crazy. That's I have so um, a verse here, Mark fourteen thirty eight. It says, "Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak." Mm. But I've also also um, I've also encountered uh, some atheists and things like that from people from other religions saying the devil's advocate part, where it's since we're already in our natural state now mm. of the sinful state, when God tries to enter our life, He's tempting us away from what we're supposed to be mm. like at that moment, and then they also try to blame God, saying He made us be into that state. Mm. Ooh. So, so like why why God like they blame God for the moral framework that keeps us encapsulated correct. to that the feeling of guilt. Yes. Wow. Mm. That's interesting. interesting. Um that's interesting. That they would say he's responsible for temptation in general? He's responsible for placing us into that like our state that we are in now because he's allowed temptation to flourish i think it always goes down to the moral framework because if you eliminate the moral framework there is no temptation because temptation is something that is like towards something you shouldn't do but if you remove there shouldn't do like you know there is no sin then temptation is completely you're completely free yeah so i can understand i mean that. that goes back to the argument about sin in general um uh, c.s lewis, lewis talks about um, and I mentioned this in previous episodes about the oughtness of man in that there, even if you eradicate uh, a moral framework. So if you do what the atheists want us to do and to say, well, you know, God is to blame for uh, for the fall. And he is the one who uh, not only allowed us, but caused us. Now we're in this place. Right. So, um, so it's funny because let's say that is true. Well, he's God and. I mean, what can I really do against them? Like, yeah. honestly, like what the only thing I can do is is a peaceful surrender because he's got like if if what they say is mm-hmm. like if what they're saying is from the standpoint is from the Gnostic standpoint to say, well, let's let's then live out all of our sins so that we can be free because he's putting us in this bubble. So he's evil. Yeah. So there's another way. Well, if he's God. I have no, I don't have a, 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 what is it, a dog in the race or whatever they call it. Like, I don't have, I, there's nothing I can do. There's, he's God. So either I surrender or I get annihilated. Which one, two do I want? So if I think I'm smarter than God, then sure. But that's not the case. That's the thing. Yep. Yeah. That's not the case. Um, from the moral framework standpoint, if the oughtness, so you remove the moral framework, you say there is no standard, there is no scripture, um, there is no God. That oughtness of how we should live is is it's tough on that worldview because then you say you worked hard for that phone and I just take it from you. There, in your heart, the oughtness is be like, man, he ought not have taken my cell phone because I worked very hard at it, you know. Or it's kind of like you still know about justice though because that's very unjust. Like you take like as I take G's phone, I'm happy, but he feels injustice towards of me. Of course. So, but if vice versa, if he took mine, I'm like, yo, I I'm gonna have a big problem with of G. Of course. 
So the reality is the justice always is there. You know, yeah. it's it's, it's kind of like the survival of the fittest type thing where like uh, society will be like that. But it's all it's always OK as long as you don't take my phone. Boom. 100 percent. 100 percent. It's cool if it happens and it's survival of the fittest and all that's cool until I meet someone who's yep. six, eight, 400 pounds who's going to slap me around and do whatever he wants with me. Right. Like so. So. Absolutely. You know, the the argument self-destructs because of of that very thing, the removal of the system. You put the oughtness factor in. It's a wrap. Even from the most primitive primitive standpoint, I go hunting. I shoot my my game. I drag it back home. I hang it up. I'm draining the blood. I go pee away from the thing. Next thing I come back, my game is gone. Furious. And I'm, I want justice. When yeah. I see the dude, I'm going to kill him because now he just – so you have two things that happen, right? You have theft and now you have hatred and then now you're going to have murder and then you just have all this – it just continues. And it's, it's a cycle, right? Correct, correct. And then at some point you realize, man, all of this would have been prevented if – It's like the atheist. Um, I actually remember the word that I was going to say. Remember how earlier I was like, oh, I forgot. Uh, it's um, – justification like you always want to justify your response like you always want to justify so a person that like is an atheist that maybe has comes from that standpoint is that um they want to what were you saying earlier about the the atheist friend i was saying that uh just because we're at that state that god comes and tries to intervene and he tempts us away from our natural state but we always have something to kind of justify like you know so like that atheist person says god is bad mm-hmm. you know at that point that so so even the the, yeah yeah so the conclusion is that yeah god you created that that moral framework but you know what i can justify my actions my everything if i say you're bad what you created me Four was evil so what is the point so it can always go further and further and even in the psychology today they goes they justify the matter yeah they go into yeah you know what you have the frontal lobe the, the, they try to justify with with science oh yeah the frontal lobe is not completely developed that's why some people are predisposition like the reality is sin is sin we all have temptation you act and some other person doesn't and so this is the thing is is consequence i started to think about this i was like man like there's always going to be a consequence if i'm free to do if i'm free to take g's phone i'm free to do all these things there's always going to be consequences g's going to get upset he's going to punch me in the face right or or whatever what happens if i kill someone the consequences increase there's always going to be consequences so what makes us think there's no consequence with god you know what i mean i think this element where god is so loving that he's not just that is completely false like Mm. god is just because he's loving you know god requires justice so how many things have we done towards God where it demands justice, but God's grace completely covers us? And that's the reality. Temptation, we're not in, infallible of temptation. You know, we live in, in a world where it's completely bombarding us, but we still, like, ha- need to be 
in God's word. We need to be saturated in such a point where even though those very feelings are real, real feelings, like we get when I'm saying we get tempted, it's it's real, you know, but God is also real. And it has to be an element if if I'm not in his, in line with his word and in line with what he wa- I can't even make that choice because my my flesh gravitates towards it. Mm-hmm. You know, 100 um, <clears> percent. <throat> there's a verse here um, where um, in, in Matthew, Matthew six, where Jesus is praying and he says, uh, lead us not. He's praying to God. Right. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the conclusion would be, well, God is, see, God is the one who is tempting us. He is the one who is leading us into evil. Um, and, and that contradicts exactly what he read in James. So, um, so which one is it, right? Is it, does God tempt us or is he do not tempt us? Does he lead us in temptation or does he lead, like what exactly is happening? And, um, and I think it goes back to what we read in Job, where, where Satan is asking permission from God, who's all sovereign, all king. And he's saying, hey, do you mind? This is your servant, right? Do you mind if I go ahead and do certain things with him? And he's like, sure. Actually, God is the one that goes up. To, oh, Satan comes to God. Yeah. But God is, has says to Satan, have you considered my servant, Job? So That's true. So God is the one that's like, hey, look at my homie. That's true. That's true. That's true. But in that, there's a permission. Yeah. There's a need to. So in the prayer, mm-hmm. it's lead us not into temptation. Like, don't allow me to be tempted. Right. So we see that when Jesus is being tempted. Right. Satan is coming to him because there was a permission. There was an allowance there for him to be tempted. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a uh, there's um the idea and the understanding that if temptation is present, it's because God is allowing the temptation to exist for that moment. And is he the one tempting us? You can put the blame on him to say, look, he's allowing me to be tempted. Um, but it's ultimately our response. And I f- that's where I feel like any anyone who, you know, teaches the idea that we can we can walk this earth in this lifetime completely sinless Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like to be like yo i think we can have seasons when we aren't falling into temptation or desires and so on and so forth but um i feel like there's moments where we're going to make have lapses of judgment and we're so that we can go back and god can show us you see, you can do nothing apart from yep. me because there's going to be this time of arrogance. There's going to be this time where we really believe that we did it. We're, we're strong enough, even in our most humble moments. Uh, <laughs> Paul Washer was like, you know, that he was, he was saying that it came to a point in his life where he was so in tune with God that uh, he remembers like, he's like, I, I, I was in a, at a bookstore and I'm t- uh, reviewing a book, turning the page of a book. And as I'm turning the page, the page ripped, like one of the pages ripped. And so I put the book back and I buy the book without the ripped page. And then I leave and he's like, and, and just 
doing that, I felt driving away, leaving that. I felt as if I killed the man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like God showing him at that moment. Look, you made a choice in in the presentation of the of the temptation. That was the temptation. The temptation was to be dishonest at that moment and put the ripped book back and take the book that is unripped. Very innocent, very seemingly innocent, yet it was a temptation. And it was, it was a call for him to respond. And the whole point of that was so that Paul, Paul, Paul Washer at that moment, right, was for him to see where his heart was. Mm-hmm. And that, you know what? Still a sinner. Still need the cross. Still need the grace of Jesus. Still need to extend grace to others. Mm-hmm. Because I am, I am apart from him, I cannot produce any fruit. No matter how much fruit I produce... I'm gonna rip a page. I'm gonna do something that seems so insignificant that that it, if I'm in Christ, when I walk away from that moment, I'm gonna feel as if I killed a man. I'm gonna weep over my sin because I gave in to an indulgence, a temptation that at its core didn't seem as it was a bad thing until after. And it's crazy, you know. Just thinking that story, it's true. It's so true. The 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 how the ease of 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 not going to church the ease of not reading the word the ease of not praying for the day the ease of not turning off the programming like cobra kai you know what i'm saying the 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 series on youtube you know is the karate kid uh series yo i watched that whole jump you know what i'm saying i watched it like two days knocked that out like it was amazing i loved it um Willing to do that and, and the temptation of not being able to physically turn it off. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. can't turn it off. That's a building block. What's to say, in, you know, at some point you get into a position where uh, you're working with someone of the opposite sex. And the building block is the little flirtation, the little wink of an eye, text message. Next thing you know, you're knee deep in this situation. You're like, holy, what in the world? Like, where how did i get here it's like if you keep removing the pebbles Yo. when what happens when all the pebbles are gone you know what i mean it's all like it's a blinding sometimes it's like yo you got to keep put you have to put pebbles next thing you know you're you're sleeping with Bathsheba and you're killing the man you know what i'm saying like you're killing the dude you're killing her husband because you, you're trying yeah. to cover your sin yeah. instead of repenting from yeah. your sin now you're now you're adding sin and adding sin to cover up cover up cover up next thing you know you are lost so we're talking about king david um actually kills a man so i first of all he's what, can you say the whole thing like for those that don't know king david the man who in the bible says the man who is after god's own heart so so he's labeled as uh, the man after god's own heart like he is uh, you read in the book of Hebrews, the hall of faith, you know, talking about this man and all this stuff, all those great things that he did. And this man uh, essentially sends a man to war. He loves his he, he falls in love with this lady who's not his and uh, and lays with her, sleeps with her, you know, essentially makes her his own, sends this man to war to be killed. And then, you know, what I'm saying and then kill, has him killed. You know, what I'm saying like. Because he doesn't, he wants to cover up his sin. He realized he sinned. He fell into the temptation of another woman. And now he has this man murdered because 
he was covering up sin. Oh, I want to continue with this. Um, so what happens at, before that, because um, you said he fell in love. The reality well, is yeah, he fell in lust, lust because yeah, lust, he, right. he saw her from like... Um, she was banging, right? He should turn around, booty, boom. There yeah, it is. Yeah, like, yeah. He's a rap. Yeah. So so he, he, you know, he had sex with her. Right. Um, and to cover it up, he, I don't know how long, but he was completely oblivious to it. Until Nathan the prophet comes to yes. him and gives him a story and says, "There's a guy in your in your kingdom who has um, he was very poor, a rich guy and a poor guy. The poor guy only had one lamb, and the rich guy had like thousands of lambs. The rich guy with the thousands of lambs took the one lamb from the guy that had only one, and he and he goes to David and says, "What are we gonna do with this man?" David's response of the yeah. call for justice was right. like kill this man and nathan goes you are that man yeah. so this pivotal scene where god where do i you know even though david fell in that moment god's restoration and god's love so god extends grace like to those people that that have struggled or have fallen in temptation god is a god of restoration mm. of mm -hmm. love of mercy doesn't eliminate all the consequences what actually happens to Bathsheba is that she has um she's pregnant with David's mm -hmm. son yeah and God and David is before God with his face to the floor so that God doesn't do anything to the kid the kid ends up dying mm -hmm. the next child of Bathsheba becomes Solomon but still there was a consequence not to say you know god is sovereign i don't know why he would do things i'm not god you know um the the child so happens not to live so there was a consequence for his actions you know in a in some you know standpoint so the, it doesn't remove god's restoration sometimes doesn't remove like you could bang out a prostitute and maybe you have a, a std you have hiv and aids or something like that god forgave you he restored you but you're still struggling with HIV. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's real. It's real. It's tough. Yeah. yeah, that's real. Do you have something? Um, I have something in regards to those people who think, or those of you listening, saying that uh, even though you get bombarded with temptation, there is scripture suggesting that God uh, does not allow temptation to go beyond our like control. Yeah. So it has in First Corinthians ten thirteen, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Bang wow. So he's do doing what in that regard? What is God doing in that regard? He's transforming us. He's giving us like say for example, if you're if I go up to you and say, hey, Mike, I want to take this piece of candy right here. And you're just like, oh, wait, G, you, you, like, come over with me. I got candy at the crib. It's my choice then and there to be like, I can go with Mike, get some candy, probably banging candy instead of the having like, candy that M&M like I want to take from the store or something like that. Yeah. There's always going to be a way. Yeah. But it's our choice ultimately yeah to decide if we're gonna take it or yeah. not take it. speaking on candy i'm gonna give you an example from my own life <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. i remember i was working at a place um and she had like this basket like one of my co-workers had a basket full of candy right and i was like man this candy for whatever reason i i took one 
um, she wasn't at her desk. <laughs> <laughs> so I took one. I came around. I ate one candy. I was like, this. I don't know why, but this is the best candy I've ever had in my life. So I came back second round. I was like, man, this is good candy. She came back to her desk. I was like, hey, I've been eating your candy. She's like, go ahead. Have as much as you want. I took like a whole fistful Dang, of candy. You right? can't tell that to John, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the reality is I'm eating this candy. I'm like, this is so good. And what happened like 20 minutes later was that my stomach hurt so bad. And I, at that moment, I started thinking, I was like, man, God, like how a lot of times like what you were saying is like, you know, you can you can do it. You can have you can be tempted towards sin, fall in that sin. And it's it, the tempting of that that sweet, you know, it, it seems sweet, but it's also fleeting mm-hmm. at the same time. That candy at that moment was so good. Mm. But at the end of the day, it still was kind of fleeting. Like, it, it didn't substitute a meal. You know what I mean? Mm. So, so we can continue to eat candy, but, but God wants so much more for you. That's why he created institutions like marriage. You know, you can have sex lawlessness, you know what I mean, with a lot of women, whatever. And it appears to be sweet because of the, you know, but take inventory. Out of all those people that, that live that lifestyle, how many of them, like, re- regret it in their lives? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I talked to my, my dad, and I had a conversation. He had a lot of girlfriends in his life and I, before my mother. Um, and I, I actually talked to him. I was like, man, you know, how, how do you feel? He's like, man, like, it was, it was fleeting, you know, until he met my mother. It's like, it's fleeting, it's one of those things that appears to be so sweet and juicy, but the reality it's it's only a substitute mm. of, of a real meal. That's crazy because my dad, um, he was he was a player through and through to the degree of even while he was with my mom, still doing yeah, his thing. Know. You know what I'm saying? Still whatever, um, and and apparently. Um, you know, when he passed away and I don't know, this is me hearing, I could be completely off on this. Uh, but apparently in his funeral, I didn't go. Um, there were so many women there, like clearly of that he's had been with or whatever. It was just like multitudes. You know what I'm saying? It was like on another level. And, uh, and not too long before he passed away, um, he spoke to my mom and he was like, hey, you know, I just want to let you know that, um, you know, I messed up. Like, I should have never let you go. Mm. Regret. Dang. This is a man who had. That's real. Probably, probably hundreds of women. No problem. You know, um, good looking guy, I might say. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, but, you know, uh, and so that was his, that was his fall. That was his downfall. And for him to say, man, I should have never let you go. Whether that was a player line he was throwing at him, you know what I'm saying, to see if, hey, if I can get one last go around, or if he was really genuinely saying, man, I, I out of out of everything that I did and everyone I was with, like I should have I should have not let you go. Um, it's fleeting, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like like you're saying, and um, and that's life, you know, that's that's life, that's that's we're gonna wrestle with it. We're going to we're going to we're going to fall short of God's glory. We're going to long for things that he says not to. We're going to go for things that are unhealthy for our bodies physically, mentally, spiritually. Um, 
but the temptation is it doesn't stop there you know it, it's the decision that that we have to make and 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 yes our 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 life our position in god very much so like with what you, we talked about with david his position in god didn't change consequences the situations his sanctification you know who he is and in, in the process of 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 um, uh, of his relationship with god just increased dramatically had a huge dip and then you know huge inc- because now he really understood who he was before mm-hmm. god and so on and so forth um and but his position in god didn't change mm-hmm. yep he was still who he was okay and we see that throughout scripture mm-hmm. we see that where 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 you know um where all these heroes of scripture they all fall they all have mm-hmm. They all fall to temptation, drunkenness, or women, or 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 lying, or you know, you go on and on and on. Abraham, you know, and Moses, and and and, and Isaac, and they all of them, all of them, surrendered to temptation, messed up, you know, and um, and and they're not the hero. God is the hero. Yep. Yeah, the dependence. That is God. it. God is always going to be the hero. He is always going to be the one to provide the way. He's the one who gives us the faith in the first place. He's the one who 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 causes us to even want to desire him and or to even want to desire to follow his word. And in fact, he's the one only one who's showing us what is sin. Even the things that we don't even perceive to be sin, he's showing it to us. And it's not to limit us. It's not to to make us feel um, frustrated with life. In fact, to free us from the enslavement that life gives us because temptation is an enslavement. If you've never been tempted by a vice, if you never had a vice, man, that is the grace of God. Because the vice of being addicted to pornography, how much is wasted? That, I mean, that was a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. Addicted to pornography. Um, a vice that wastes time, it wastes energy, mental capacity. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, vices to, to anything, gambling and, and, and vices to, to, to lying, you know, to, to live a lifestyle of just lying to people, being like, yo, I graduated with a degree in whatever. You never went to college, <laughs> you know. Uh, there's people out there. There's people out there who just go through their whole life lying, and it's a vice. Mm-hmm. And when I fall into my temptation, that gives me the ability to show grace to that people, those people. Because even though I'm not snorting that line of coke, even though that's not my vice, I have other vices that I have to wrestle with every day. And it may seem such a different stratosphere, right? But it at least puts me in line to say, man, do I relate. I understand mm-hmm. what it means to be tempted and in, uh, uh, in, in occasion not be able to overcome that temptation. But man, God is so good. That he not only forgave me, but continues to forgive me. Not only uh, did he uh, cleanse me, but he continues to cleanse me. Not only did he justify me, he continues to justify me daily in spite of who I am. And I don't deserve that. And that is what leads me to worship. That is what should bring me back to the cross. Is that, is that ability to relate and understand and not be in a self-righteous mode. Not to be like, yo, I focus so much on how good I do and, 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 and whether I'm able to do good or evil. And so. I, if I kept tab, I don't got, to, I don't got time for that. Mm-hmm. What I need to do is invest my time in Jesus. 
And if I do that, the fruit that is produced is going to be plentiful. It's going to be like that tree that's planted along the stream that is always producing fruit. That is the life that I need is to be planted on uh, 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 as if I'm, I'm a tree planted along the stream as if in my relationship with God. It's like John, uh, I think John chapter 15, where it talks about um, in me, uh, you can do all things, but apart from me, you can't do anything. It. So it's like uh, the reality is like in my own merit, if I, sh- if I muster up any type of um, willpower to do things on my own energy, it, it'll work for a little bit, but I'll be so, it won't work. Like it'll work for a little bit, but then the moment that it's raining, I don't want it, right? I don't want to work out. Or the moment that I c- encounter struggle, I don't want to do it, right? We, we, we tend to go towards the path of like least resistance mm. in life, right? Like I don't want to do this because it's hard. Mm. But the things that are the most hard in life are the things that, like help us grow the most Mm -hmm. right so if you think about your life you think about all the hard times that you've gone through everybody's gone failures the failures those are the very things that make you strong and so i think the the word is dependence dependence on on myself or dependence on god if i depend on myself then i'm it's not gonna work everything doesn't tie in I have a tendency, if I depend on myself, I have a tendency to go towards self-righteousness because I have achieved it. I have gotten that degree. I have done this. Well, the Bible makes it clear you can't do nothing. Everything that's good is because I give it to you, mm. God speaking. Mm. So the reality is the dependence is God. If I'm rooted, like you were saying, like if I'm rooted like a tree is by, by the water, then when it, when it struggles and, and it starts raining again, then I'm going to go regardless because now my root is God, not myself. Mm. My energy is God, not myself. Mm. I don't have to muster up energy. God is my energy, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. Any final thoughts? Um, I have one verse to wrap all Do what it. you guys are yeah. talking about. It says, my brother counted all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And you guys were talking about how faith gets tested. I like to see it like if we're in a courtroom. I don't know if you guys met uh, or heard about this guy. He used to sing back in the days. He used to have like this grand movie skits or something like that. But he had God like uh, God was the judge. And Satan was the accusing you of everything you were doing. <laughs> so your faith is like Carm- being tested. Is it Carmen? Carmen. Yes. <laughs> okay. Carmen. Your faith That's is being right. tested. And I like seeing it. It's it's placed on trial. So as it's getting bombarded, you're getting patience from it when you go and rely on God and everything. But what people don't notice is that even though we're getting like bashed by temptation, mm-hmm. like we might sin or something like that, still Jesus paid it all. Oh, he died, yeah. and everything is done. Jesus said it's finished. Like we still think. Like, oh, I'm getting tempted. God is not with me, but you're never alone, period. God is always by your side. He's standing right next to you saying, it is done. Like, no matter what Satan throws at you, I got you. Like, don't, like, it says in Philippians 4, 8, I'll read that as well. What was that verse you just read, though, before you go to Philippians? James 1, 2, 3. And then in Philippians it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, 
whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm. Keyword practice, highlight practice. Yep. So it's everything that we do. Everything. That's the way you could say, what's the way out of temptation? And God saying, think of me, be with me, do the things that are of me, and then you will have peace. Because we're always bombarded. We're thinking this is this is a war. We're having a war in our mind for the choices that we have to make. But ultimately, God says, I've finished it. Just focus on me. Yeah. I will change you. I will guide you. Man. I think... Um Dang, you you got into that verse. I got I felt like man, I got another verse here. Is <laughs> you know, it's just it's good. And I want to wrap on that note, but man, um right here we got um Romans 5. I think it's Romans 5 4. Yeah. So since we have been justified by justified by faith, we have peace with God through Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the God of glory. Not only that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God knows his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. So, um, so get in your word, get in your word, run from temptation, flee, 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 flee from, from temptation, respond in a disciplined way, um, you know, have good habits, get into a practice of prayer, reading your word, having accountability, a group of brothers and sisters around you who can hold you accountable, um, and, uh, and become aware of what things are trying to pull you away mm-hmm. and, and draw you into a state of enslavement. You have been set free by the power of Christ, um, by, by his sacrifice. Um, you have been set free. And don't be, uh, as it describes in Peter, like a dog returning to his own vomit. Uh, instead, run from temptation uh, that your relationship with God would flourish. So make those choices. Those choices are choices that you need to make. Uh, so make them, uh, if you need support, if you need prayer, contact us, uh, proofbeyondreason at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, also check out, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Daniel Gonzalez, DG, go on his Facebook. Uh, I will put a link um, on, in our Facebook post uh, so that you all can see it, but check him out. Uh, and until then, until next time, it's uh, Mike the Baptist. Geology. And JMO. We love y'all.